Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need those diamond rings, and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here, Money, Riches, and Wealth. Uh, tonight, it's my co-host, Leo Laveza. <laughs> I like the Italian night. You know, I get too many Irishmen coming on, you know? I know. we got to switch things up. So, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I'm absolutely. And Jackson comes on. When Jackson comes on, I believe he's half Italian, right? I think so, yeah. Is that what he told me? Yeah. Think so, or a quarter, or something like that. I think his grandfather or somebody is Italian. So, uh, but when those McCarthys and O'Shea's come on, man, I got to deal with the Irish, you know. So you got to watch. Anyway, them. we're here on an open. What do you do? We're going to be here tonight, uh, Leo, on an open show. We're going to answer our listeners' questions. Anything you want to talk about on personal finance, be it uh, Medicare, Social Security, be it the four hundred one k's, be it the new Secure two retirement law that changed a lot of things that you need to be aware of and are going to be uh, important to understand uh, as to when you take your required minimum distribution, how you can take your matching contributions from your employers. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of changes in this new tax law that you need to be familiar with. This is what a professional advisor should do for you. You should be tracking all these different tax laws and all the different uh, components of personal finance. Uh, too many people are just paying Leo for uh, somebody to invest their money, you know. I mean, you could go to Vanguard, you can go to Schwab, you can go to T. Rowe Price, and people will invest your money for like 0.1, 0.2% of assets under management. If you're going to be paying somebody 1% of assets under management, somewhere in that ballpark, they should be doing all of these comprehensive things uh, for them. But uh, unfortunately, the public doesn't realize that, and that's what we do this show for, is to demonstrate what we believe a true professional advisor should do. And if you have somebody who says they're your financial advisor, and they're not doing the tax planning and the estate planning and looking at the insurances without selling it to you, without taking commissions. They're highly trained, educated, uh, credentialed in this industry. You're overpaying for a lot of, uh, of nothing, in my opinion. So anyway, we're here on an open show. If you want to ask a question, 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question. And uh, a lot of times what happens, Leo, is uh, we get to 6.30 and bam, they all start calling in. And next thing you know, we have five or six calls that we got to rip through in 10, 15 minutes. Whereas right now, there's nobody on the line. So if you want to get in and get a lot of time for your question, 410-922-6680 is the way to call in. And uh, Leo, as we wait for uh, people to call in, you know, one of the things you like to do is uh, actually go out and do trivia night at uh, at restaurants or bars, you know, and so forth with a group of friends, right? That's right. Every Tuesday night. Every Tuesday night. Yep. Yeah. Like trivia work. night. You have a team of what, five or four or what? Uh, it's about four or five right now. It, it wavers, but somewhere in that range. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So what are, what are your hot topics? When, they, when they're doing trivia, they look to you to answer what types of trivia questions? Anything that comes Or anything. Or you, that's just, you're just that good. You, you cover all the bases. I'm yeah? good with uh, geography is my good one. Or uh, they've asked a couple of stock market questions every once in a while. So everybody just passes okay. all the papers down and gives it to me. So haven't got one wrong yet. So that's a good sign. Geography and stock market. What else? Anything else? History. History is another big one. That not music. History. Okay. Yeah. All right. Music. Well, we're not going to do music, but we're going to do history and geography. So if anybody's calling in, when they call in, they can ask Leo a history or geography question. We'll see how good he is at this trivia. And if I get one, I'll think up one and see how good he is. So if you want to call in. 410-922-6680 if you want to call in and ask a question. we have anybody online? We do. We've got Alex in Baltimore. Alex, how can we help you tonight? Hey, howdy. How you guys doing? Great. And you, Alex? I just got off work, so I'm doing great. <laughs> there you go. What can we do for you? Hey, so I'm, uh, I'm 29 years old. I just started saving, you know, more money than I've had through the early part of my life, and I wanted to invest it in something, um, or at least part of it. Uh, I don't have a lot to work with. Like I would, I would like to invest between five and seven thousand um, dollars. I was just wondering what you guys would do at my age. Well, the first thing you got to do is: Are you participating in your employer pension plan? Uh, no, so not with this job. With my last job, I was. I don't believe this job has one. Really? doesn't have one. Okay. So then you should be funding a Roth IRA every year, uh, up to $6,000 for 2022. And, um, you know, it depends on how much time and effort you want to put into it. Um, but what you, you know, you can either go the simple route and just pick some good indexes of markets like, uh, you know, U.S. large cap or U.S. small cap or a combination of them. Or you can try to learn how to pick a good company that you can buy and hold for a long time. You know, like Peter Lynch used to always say, Alex, buy on Wall Street what you like on Main Street. So, like, for example, if you're a big fan of Google or Apple or if you're a big fan of Amazon or you're a big fan of uh, Facebook or something like that, you know, a lot of people would just go in and buy those stocks and hold them for years and years and years and see how they, you know, do over time. It's not a perfect strategy, but there's a lot to be said for buy on Wall Street what you love on Main Street. All right. All right, so that's just a general idea, but the first thing you should be doing is always funding your employer plan. Second thing, if you don't have an employer plan, then do a Roth IRA, and you can get that through Schwab, just call up the Charles Schwab branch and set that up with them. Uh, you can do it through Fidelity. Call Fidelity branch up and do it with them. And those the people who answer the phone will help you. They don't make commissions selling you stuff, so they'll they'll help you. All right. Yeah. I um, currently all investing is my four hundred one. Um, I mean, so I, so I can't. Okay. So this might be a dumb question, but can you roll over a four hundred one into a Roth? 
Yes, uh, but, you know, that's a complicated situation that you just asked. There's lots of different components to it. And tell you what, you hold on, and I'll answer that when I come back real quick because I have other people calling in. But right now I've got to go to uh, traffic, and I'll be right back. Money, riches, and wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. All right, we're back. Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're on an open show tonight. 410-922-6680 if you want to call and ask a question. 410-922-6680. And Leo Leveza is actually going to do trivia for you tonight if you have a history or geography question. Leo's going to answer it for you because that's what he likes to do every Tuesday night. He's out doing trivia and uh, with his friends. Um, but uh, we're going to go back to Alex real quick and answer his question because it's a great question that needs an answer, and other people should hear this. Alex, are you there? Nope, looks like he's gone. That's okay. So Alex's question, can he roll over his old 401K to a Roth? And the answer to that is it's complicated because there, there could be two components to your Roth, to your 401K. You could have a pre-tax traditional 401K or you could have a Roth 401K. So if you have a Roth 401K, the only place you can go is to a Roth IRA. If you have a pre-tax traditional 401k, it can be rolled over to either a traditional IRA or to a Roth 401k. Here's the catch. If you roll your pre-tax 401k into a Roth IRA, whatever amount goes over to that Roth IRA has to be added to your taxable income. And, yeah, you can do it, but you better be ready for the income tax consequences. And if you're not, there's no turning the the dial back. Uh, It's done. So, you know, be very careful about that. We're on an open show, 410-922-6680. We're going to Mark in Baltimore. Mark, how can we help you? Yes, uh, good evening to to you, Drew. Good evening to your friends and so forth. Uh, We're in tax season. I have an interesting question. Uh, during the year, I make a lot of seductive or tax, uh, d- non, uh, you know, deductible donations to a lot of different groups. Okay. And usually when I file each year uh, income tax, I don't, I, I file for the standard deduction instead of filling out a standard A for itemized deduction. It's a big pain in the tuckers, as you know. But my question concerns this. If I decide to continue along that route, and for some reason the IRS, if you don't file the itemized and all that, 
and later on somewhere down the line, the IRS sees a problem, they want to audit the tax. So is it best to itemize and all that because that's what was coming to you, or what is the standard when you think you can itemize on a standard or, or just use the standard? You get the other one. Yeah, no, I understand what you're. T- I understand yeah. your question. So let me let me ask you one thing first. Are you over or under seventy years of age? I'm under seventy, way under seventy years of age at this point. Okay. Too. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Um, second question: Do you have a stock portfolio with a lot of highly appreciated stocks in it? No, I'm not into stocks. Uh, no, I make simple. Okay. Uh, uh, if you understand, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's the last point. Okay, in Maryland, as a Marylander, your question is extremely complicated. It shouldn't be, but it's extremely complicated. Okay, because. If in, in most states, it doesn't matter. If your itemized deductions are not greater than the federal standard deduction, you can't, you're not going to itemize. It's just that simple. Like, I live here in Florida. If my standard deductions are lower than my, are higher than my itemized deductions, it's a done deal. I just, I just take the standard deduction. In Maryland, you can't make that decision that easily because if you do not itemize federally, you cannot itemize Maryland. The federal standard deduction for somebody like yourself is about $25,000 assuming you're married. Are you married or single? No, I'm still eligible bachelor. Okay, so your standard deduction is only about $13,000, which makes it easier for you to qualify for itemized deductions assuming that you pay about uh, $10,000 a year in property taxes and income taxes and assuming that your charitable contributions are more than $3,000. And if you have a mortgage, it even gets better. So, you know, in, in your situation, it's probably a done deal that you should be itemizing even if you don't hit the full standard deduction. But I don't know that unless I specifically did your tax return. And in Maryland, I want all of our listeners to understand, in Maryland, this is a very difficult topic, and your tax preparer better understand it. And I can't imagine, I can't tell you how many tax preparers drive me crazy because they don't see this issue and don't address what's called forced itemization for people um, in the state of Maryland. Anyway, I got to run, uh, Mark. I got to go to Jerry next. Go ahead, Leo. That's right. Jerry, how can we help you tonight? Jerry, you still there? Jerry, still there? Nope. Don't think so. Put them on hold and see if, because it should be just blinking. All right, what are you going to do? You got them off, or are we going to Neil? We're gonna we're gonna go to Neil next. All right, we're going to Neil. Neil in Hartford. How can we help you? Uh, yes. Good evening. What I'm calling about is this: I've been reading uh, postings about digitized currency, and this is a system. I understand a lot of countries and have switched to it: France and China, and. What I've been reading is they'll track every penny you have, and the utmost situations in China, for example, if they see something you're buying, they don't think you should be spending money for it, they start confiscating your money so they control everything. And I read, uh, let's see, in May of 2022, Biden signed some sort of legislation or some document that's implementing 
further study, and apparently banks worldwide are, are playing around with this and getting set up for it. So uh, what, do, what does this all mean? What is this coming to? Well, personally, I think digital currencies are the logical choice. Uh, you know, paper money is of no benefit to anyone except for people who want to do nefarious things with it, in my opinion. If you're not doing anything illegal or, you know, with your money, I don't understand why anybody would worry about digital currencies whatsoever, and it eliminates the opportunity for people to rob you or all that kind of other stuff. Um, you know, so digital currencies, in my opinion, make a lot of sense. Now, I hear exactly what you're saying, that it creates an opportunity for the government to track what you're doing with your money, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, they already do that and already been doing that through your bank accounts, your checking accounts, your credit card accounts. And they can't do it just willy-nilly. They have to get subpoenas and so forth. So, you know, look, um, there's tons of things that the government is um, is um, doing, um, you know, that we might not like, uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm a, I'm a big believer of if I'm if I'm doing anything that I don't want anybody to see, I shouldn't be doing it, you know. So uh, there's nothing anybody wants to look at my checking account, and the government ever wants to pull it up and see what I'm doing with my money, they feel free to to do that. Anyway, let's go to Dave, Leo. That's right, Dave. What can we do for you tonight? Hello, uh, question for Leo, and then a question for uh, Drew. Leo, which state has the most shoreline? Oh, that's Ooh. a good one. I know the answer to that. I, I have a get. I'm going to go with Florida. No. Okay. Oh, think cold. I'm going with oh. Michigan. Ah. No. Alaska. Yes. There we go. Huh. There you go. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's a good question. That's a good one. I like that, Dave. Okay. Go ahead, Dave, real quick, because i got a 629 hard break. Okay. Um, on a Roth conversion, um, and it's uh, converted to uh, a 401K, I, I, de- I am just, I become dead. How long did a beneficiary uh, have, how much time to withdraw that money? Is it 10 years? Or- ten, 10 years. If it's non-spousal beneficiary, it's 10 years. Okay. It's and December thirty first of the anniversary of your tenth uh, of your tenth year passing. Okay, and then the difference between a Roth IRA and a Roth four hundred one k. What is the difference between the two of them? Well, that's that's going to take me. You're going to have to hold on if you can during the break, or you can just listen whichever you choose because uh, I don't have enough time to answer. But I'll answer it right when I come back from the break. All right, Dave. And right now, I got to take a pause with money, riches, and wealth. More of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. All right, we're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. And um, David asked the question. We're going to go to that in a second. Just want to let our listeners know, other than Dave, there's nobody on the line. Lines are open, available for you, 410-922-6680, if you want to call and ask a personal finance question. Or maybe you want to stump the, uh, the trivia expert, geography 
and history are two of his uh, favorite topics. And he's already been stumped once, so hopefully <laughs> somebody will call in and question, you know, like, what's the, what's the capital of the state of Maryland, Leo? It's Annapolis. I got that one. <laughs> you didn't mention how many people say Baltimore, you know. It's, a, it's pretty amazing. Anyway, we're here on an open show, 410-922-6680. Let's go back to Dave and let's uh, answer his question. The difference between a Roth 401k and a Roth IRA. Are you there, Dave? I am. Thank you. Um, you know, uh, just a month ago, I had something to tell you that there was a difference between the two. They just changed that in the omnibus bill, the Secure Act 2.0, changed it. One of the uh, funny uh, uh, differences between a Roth IRA and a Roth 401k is that a Roth IRA had no required minimum distribution, or should I say, it has no required minimum distributions, period. Whereas a Roth 401k, up to a month ago, the minute you turned your full retirement age, or your your uh, required minimum distribution age, you had to start taking required minimum distributions like any IRA or traditional 401k. So that was a significant difference between the two, but they rectified that in Secure 2.0. They made it equal that Roth 401k has no required minimum distribution now, just like a Roth IRA. But one of the big differences between the two still is that in a Roth 401k, distributions come out pro rata, whereas in a Roth IRA, they come out in what's called a charging order. Now, that may not say anything to you, but that speaks volumes to me from a tax point of view. Because if I have money in a Roth IRA and I'm not qualified to take it out, I'm not 59 and a half, I haven't had it for five years, etc., etc., if it comes out pro rata, everything I take out, a portion of that is going to be taxable. Um, whereas if it comes out in a charging order, I need to know, well, what's first thing coming out? Well, the first thing that comes out of a Roth IRA are contributions. Well, here's the cool thing about contributions. I could be uh, 50 years of age. I could have been doing a Roth IRA for 20 years, and I could take out all of my contributions without penalty and without taxes, period. It's, it's one of the beauties of the Roth IRA that most people just don't understand the, the power of that, that if I need the money, unlike an IRA, I can take the contributions back. I just can't touch the earnings and the growth of the money until I'm 59 and a half without penalty. Now, there is one more significant difference, and that is there's exceptions to everything in the um, IRAs and in the 401ks and so forth. There are exceptions for taking money out for a first-time home buyer. There are exceptions to using the money for qualified education. And uh, you can get money out of an account without penalty and in, an, in a Roth IRA, possibly even 100% tax-free, even if you're not uh, 59 and a half. So you've had the account for five years, and uh, it grows. You put your 10000 it grows to $20,000. you are going to buy your first house. You could take out that full, you could take out the first 10000 of that, uh, um, you know, uh, Roth account without taxation 
even if it wasn't a contribution because the IRAs allow you to take out $10,000 for a first-time home purchase, just like it allows you to take it out for a qualified um, uh, education expense. Um, so those are some of the unique differences between 401k and IRA, but the big one was closed in Secure Act 2.0. All right? Yeah. Just want to ask, on digital currency, it's not regulated, and how do you transact digital currency? Well, wait a minute. The digital currency he was talking about will be regulated because it will be created by the Federal Reserves, the central banks of countries around the world. Okay. You're absolutely correct that digital currencies right now are nothing, a lot of them are nothing but phony baloney. You know, so they need to start regulating them and, uh, you know, and so forth. Anyway, i got to move on. Richard in Cambridge. Leo? That's right. Richard, what can we do for you tonight? I'd like to ask a question about digital currency. If the federal government decided to go on digital currency and do away with paper money, yeah. that nobody knows about. So they say, I have to take that money to the bank and turn it into digital dollars. Now the government wants to know, well, where did you get this uh, million dollars? And now we're going to... Well, did you get it nefariously? No, I I did it honestly. Well, but I can't tell you how many people that I know who, uh, who have cash... And, you know, they got cash because they got it in bad ways, you know? Sure, I'm sure of that. But the thing is, do I want the government knowing how much money I got when it's really none of their damn business? And if I got it honestly, you know, and, and that way and hold it, and there again, it's digitally. So they know where the money's at. And then here comes the yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You can take your you can take your cash and buy gold, and then you can hide gold in your basement. You don't have to hide the cash. You can hide gold. So, what's the difference? I'm sure anyway, Kathy. Hi, um, Kathy. Are you there? There you go. Yes, I'm here. I have a Roth IRA. I'm 70 years old. I have um, an IRA, and I have some stocks. And I don't think I'm going to need my Roth IRA. I have two kids. Can I transfer that money over to them every year? Well, you you technically, you, you can't do it in a Roth. You could take the money out and give it to them if you want to. But I would strongly discourage you from ever doing that because you're the only one that can hold that 100% tax-free for the rest of your life. And then when you give it to them, they can hold it for another 10 years tax-free for the, for the next 10 years. So, you know, I would strongly discourage you from doing anything like that. You said I can hold it. You said they you can, can hold it tax-free you, for 10 years? Let me let me say it again, okay, Kathy? So you have a Roth IRA. Let's say your Roth IRA is worth $20,000. You can continue to hold your Roth IRA for the rest of your life without ever taking a nickel out and continue to grow tax-free. Let's say you pass away at 99 years of age and you leave it to your children. Your children would have another 10 years that they can leave it in that Roth IRA growing tax-free uh, until they're forced to withdraw it. That's that's an incredible benefit. Am I making myself clear? 
I don't understand. You said if I give it to them, then they can keep it for another no, 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 no. You cannot give it to them in a Roth IRA. You can take it out of the Roth IRA yourself, tax-free, assuming you've held it for five years, and give it to them just as cash, and they can do what they want to with it. But if you want to keep the power of the Roth IRA, it must remain in your name for the rest of your life, and then when you pass away, the Roth IRA would transfer to your children, and they could hold it for another 10 years. Okay. I'm obviously not making that clear. (laughs) When you say I can pass it over to them when I die, and then... They can hold it for 10 years. Correct. But, why you know, you're only 70. Why right. But why can't they hold it longer than 10 years? Because that's the law. I didn't write the law. I can only tell you what the law says. Okay. That's so like, with a, like with an IRA, if, you trans, if that transfers over to you in death, they have to distribute that within 10 years. Any, any IRA now inherited by a non-spouse beneficiary must be distributed within 10 years of death, except for in some unusual circumstances like disabled, chronically ill, minors, or people who happen to be uh, less than, that you give the money to are less than 10 years younger than you. Those are the only exceptions to the 10-year rule. Okay. All right. I got to I got to go take my last pause of the night. We're on an open show tonight. 410-922-6680 if you want to call. Nobody's online. 410-922-6680. This is Drew Tignanelli and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation? Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. It should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410 823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. We're back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're on an open show. we got callers online. And remember, you can ask Leo a history or geography question, too, if you want. But let's go, Leo. That's right. Maybe Max has one. Max, what can we do for you tonight? Okay. If you have a 401k and you're less than a 5% owner of a company, you don't ever have to take the distributions out as long as you're still working. That is correct. That's number one. Number two, cryptocurrencies to me are nothing but a Ponzi scheme because there's nothing backing them. It's backed by air, and I'm very concerned about that 
I saw one go down, but I'm very, very scared about cryptocurrency. Well, you know, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's nothing behind them. I don't understand why anybody buys them. But if it goes down, it's not going to bring the economy down in any way, shape, or form. I feel fairly confident about that. There's already a lot of it. I think a few trillion dollars has already been lost in the cryptocurrency. But do you have a question? Because i got other people i got to rock and roll with. Well, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the Federal Reserve and everything because we're so far in debt. I'm afraid we're never going to be able to pay it off, and I'm afraid that's going to take the country down because the Federal Reserve was started in, what, 2000 and, I mean, 1913 offshore, and there's really nothing back in it. There's no gold, there's no nothing back in it. I'm very scared for the future of this country. What do you think? Um, I, I think that you have a point. Uh, I don't think it's any time in the imminent future, but we have to roll with the next caller. That's right. Tom, you got Drew and Leo. What yes. can we do for you? Good evening, Tom from Towson. First, I have a, a trivia question. Okay, for, for Leo, what ethnic group were the Beatles? British. Wrong. Uh, they all have Irish uh, ancestry. Oh, man, where's Chris O'Shea when you need him? Did they uh, really? <laughs> because they're from Liverpool, and Liverpool is one of the largest Irish cities in the world. They have a very... We're going to have to look that one up, Leo. we got to make sure Tom is right on this one, because they all talk like Englishmen, so they had to be English. No, that's not my point. They've been, their families have been in, in, uh, in, in Great Britain for, for generations, so they talk like like. Uh, I understand. Like so what's your question, Tom? They're of Irish descent. Okay, what's your question, Tom? Okay, so I'm, get, I'm seeing these... Um, Investments like to buy farmland or to buy a piece of like a Walgreens a real estate or um, or uh, Rite Aid or, or other uh, uh, large companies. Yeah, I understand what you're talking about. We we do them ourselves. Okay, they're, are they, they're only for accredited investors. Is that correct? Uh, some of them are. Some of them you can get at any size. You know, we own we own one. Um, that uh, um, you can, it has both timberland and farmland, but it also owns some commercial real estate and things of that sort. Um, is that and, acre? Acre is that what it's called? Well, I couldn't tell you if I oh. even if I wanted to, um, okay. you know, because we're on the radio and I'm not allowed to say. Right. You know, Mikey will right. scream at me, and Mikey's going to be on the radio with me next week, so I don't want him screaming at me. Okay. You know, but what what? Um are they riskier than a regular REIT? No, these ones we own are REITs, that, but they're what's called an interval REIT. In other words, they only can be bought and sold on a, a monthly basis or a quarterly basis. Um, but they don't require any specific dollar amount or accreditation. You can buy them like any other security on the on the mutual fund or REITs, et cetera, are, et cetera. Are they as liquid as a REIT? Well, like you I just said, they're, they, you can only get out of a monthly or quarterly because they're wow. what's called an interval fund. But it's better than the accredited investor deals, which you can't get out of at all until they liquidate. I see. Right? So, but you know, there, there's a lot of good things in those and uh, good diversification, uh, but we prefer to have some form of liquidity with anything we do. Right. All right? 
you think farmland and timberland are good investments right now? Um, yeah, I think that they they have a reasonable portion of your portfolio is is logical to have in those, you know. But we don't we're not looking at more than like two percent of our portfolios in those kind of things. Okay. But we great. do own total real estate. We own about five percent, but two percent of the five percent is farmland and timberland. All right. Okay. Right. I get you. All right, Tom, great question. Good good question. What's up next there, Leo? We've got Will in Pikesville. Will, what's on your mind tonight? Hi, I was wondering, how do you set up, say, an income-oriented portfolio for retirement, especially since bonds still haven't um, gotten to where they used to be? Well, you don't want them to go back to where they used to be. You want them to be where they are now because they what pay a mean, real... I mean, when they used to be, you know, you could rely upon them to give you like 5 to 7% a year. Well, they're doing that right now. That's the beauty okay. of them now. Their bonds are, I think most of the bonds we have, the lowest that we're getting is about 4%, and the highest we're getting is about 6.5%. I mean, that's, that's light years from where we were for the last 10 years, sucking wind because the Federal Reserve was manipulating the bond market. So... You know, we're sort of back to a normal bond market to some degree, to some degree. So uh, I hear what you're saying. It's a great question, but there's lots of answers to it. your question. You don't always have to get income. You can also you can use a total return strategy. That's where you're counting on some growth of your money as well as the interest and dividends. Um, well, you well, can, well, sure. You know, I, I've read, I've heard about, you know, a modern portfolio theory and stuff, but I'm thinking for retirement you want to you want to go more you know more more income oriented rather than growth oriented. Um, that's true and not true. It depends on the person. It depends on their risk tolerance. It depends on what they're trying to accomplish and so forth. So I and I understand what you're saying, but if you're really conservative, yes, you're going to lean toward that income, but you're also going to be subject to the risk of inflation over time. Somebody who's willing to take more risk and allow some more growth-oriented investments in there is going to have a greater inflation. I've got to run to my next caller. Jim in Ellicott City. Jim, what can we help you with tonight? Yes, we, you were talking about uh, Roth IRAs. A question, um, my my wife's coming up on uh, 71 uh, for her birthday. She's got to 73 to start taking RMDs. Is it worthwhile for her to do Roth conversions now, being in the state of Maryland, and you're going to get taxed? I mean, what are you going to do when you fully retire? Or are you already fully retired? Are you staying in Maryland? Yeah, we're, we retired in 2016. We're contemplating moving south. When are you going to contemplate moving south? In a uh, year, two years? Next two years, yeah. Next two years. I wouldn't do any conversions until I made that move because, you know, you go to South Carolina, you're going to dramatically drop your income tax situation. Now, I don't know your whole income tax situation, um, but you you convert any money in Maryland, you're more than likely going to pay 8.5% on it. Yeah. If you go south somewhere, you, you could pay zero in Florida, or you could pay as low as 2 or 3% in South Carolina. So make sure you choose the state wisely, and then I would do my conversions. But you need to do all the math. You need to look at, well, what's going to happen in a couple of years if I'm already forced to start taking RMDs? Where my income going to be and things of that sort. So, you know, those are some of the questions that you have to ask yourself. Yes, understood. What bracket you're going to end up? What does it push you into the next bracket, tax bracket, and so on? Right. Yep. 
Yep, yep. And we do that all the time. You know, we're constantly looking at that. We have a really cool uh, tax program called Holista Plan that we can look at and uh, say, okay, you know, in two years, this is what the situation's going to be. In one year, this is what it is. This is the taxes we're going to be. And it really can lays it out. And it then does a visual of it so you can actually see what's going to happen over the next five or ten years, et cetera, et cetera, if we do or don't convert. Etc. Etc. So do your planning. Okay. Yeah. Do your planning. That's a great question. All right, Jim. Great question. Thank you. And Leo, you ready? Um, Who was the only dark horse presidential candidate? You know, president, guy that became president, but he wasn't actually. He was a dark horse one. If I remember this correctly, I'm 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 thinking Gerald Ford. Is that who you're thinking of? No, 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 no. James Polk. James Polk. Okay, would not have guessed that. So the Electoral College, if I'm not mistaken, elected James Polk, not the vote of the people. Okay. I mean, the people voted for the Electoral College, but they couldn't come up with a final presidential candidate, and James Polk arrives out of it. Look that up. I don't know if Drew's right, but (laughs) it sounds pretty good, you know? Uh, We'll check it. We'll fact check it more off the air. Always great to be with you, Leo. We take lots of calls when you're with me. Anyway, this is Drew Tignanelli saying God bless.